0: Today we're going to be in Philippians chapter 4. If you have a Bible, let's go ahead and go there. Philippians 4. And this morning when I was praying, thinking about what I get to share on today, I was actually praying, Lord, bring people who are struggling with anxiety. Bring people like that. Bring people to church like that, who are struggling with depression, struggling with those types of things Because here is a place where the God of the universe will meet you and he'll encourage you, he'll embrace you, he'll help you. And you know, what we see today is definitely the explicit instructions for an individual who might be struggling with these types of things. And even if you don't don't have that, you know, whatever, that, 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 that title or that classification or whatever they call it, an anxiety disorder, I think we all can struggle with being anxious at times. And so this is a very, very important uh, passage here. In Philippians 4, notice what you read in verse 6. It says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And so, man, it would be really cool if you memorize these passages because they're very, very, very powerful. But uh, four things that kind of stand out here, if you're taking notes, I would encourage you maybe to write them down. Number one, we see the problem, being anxious. So there's a problem, we're going to talk about it and. It's anxiety, so the problem being anxious. Then number two is the prohibition, where Paul says, God says, don't be anxious, don't be anxious. And then number three, we have the prescription, and and that is prayer. And we're going to talk about how, you know, the, the answer to this is this beautiful, simple, wonderful, powerful prayer life. And so number one, the problem being anxious. Number two, the prohibition, don't be anxious. Number three, the prescription that God would you know write, and it's kind of cool because it's free, um, this prayer. And then number four, the promise that God gives here is that if we would take our anxieties or troubles or worries or cares to Christ and we do what he's simply calling us to do, we will be a people of tremendous, perfect peace. And it's a life-changing place to be. So first of all, the problem, and that is being anxious. Anxiety disorders are the most common mental health concern in the United States of America. You know, if that's not you, then that's probably somebody that you know. And so it's good for us to understand. Over 40 million adults in the United States of America have been diagnosed with this. It's heartbreaking to learn that approximately 7% of children Children now, ages 3 to 17, experience issues with anxiety every year. And so what we find is because I think we're living in the last of the last days, uh, so much going on, anxiety has surpassed depression, and all other mental health struggles, as a matter of fact, they say it's risen 1,200%. And so we need to know how to deal with this. You know, it's been described as the common cold, but not because it's no big deal. Hey, you're going to be fine. No, it's not like that. It doesn't always work like that. It's called the common cold because of the fact that it's simply so prevalent. It's so common. And then, you know, certain things happen, which would even trigger things to get worse. As a matter of fact, as the holidays approach... Experts, uh, they, you have names for everything, right? You guys know that, right? So they have this thing. It's called Seasonal Anxiety Disorder. The acronym is S.A.D. And that kind of makes sense, right? And so they say as we enter into this time of year, uh, the anxiety it heightens. You get shorter days. You get darker days. You have colder days. And then as a season, you know, enters into the holidays, you're going to have people kind of like stressing out about traveling And then when they do travel, they're going to go visit their family. And sometimes that's not a pleasant situation. Like I'd rather not see them, but I got to, you know, and then there's the stress of just everything, you know, the, the getting the house ready, buying gifts. What do I get for so-and-so? Did I spend enough on them? Did I spend too much? Now I'm in debt. There's a lot of different things that we go through. And then when you think about it, I love Christmas. I've always loved Christmas But, you know, you you grow up with your family and it's just one of the most beautiful experiences in in all of life. But then what happens when the next Christmas one of the family members is no longer with you? Then that hits home. And so it, it hurts. And so this is what people are dealing with. You know, I, I think, you know, we have stuff like that. And then I was just even thinking about my own life and how I could, if I was honest, I could say that is anxiety is something that I deal with. I don't have maybe those, you know, panic attacks or disorder type of thing, but I do get anxious at times. I, I can feel it sometimes welling up in me when a problem arises. When I'm pressed for time or there's a challenge in the church and, you know, I want to tackle it. I want to deal with it. I want to jump on it. I want to rush into it because, you know, that's what happens. We get this anxious feeling and God is saying, we're going to see today, Manny, Manny, slow down. You got to pray about it, son. We're going to talk about that today. See, there's a problem and that is anxiety, being anxious, But what we need to do is now come to what the Bible says, the authority and the power of the written word. Listen, it's not just an objective lesson that you go and you 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 learn about in school. It is the living word of God. And and when you're there and you're dealing with it, this is how you deal with it. And what does God say here in verse 6? Be anxious for nothing. And so the problem is being anxious. The prohibition, God says, is don't, don't be anxious. And so you might say, well, that's oversimplifying it. Well, you have to let him finish the message. You have to let him finish the sentence here. The, the, the word anxious is a Greek word that means to be torn apart. It means to draw, be drawn in opposite directions. It means to be pulled to pieces. That's kind of what anxiety is. Right here, uh, God says, don't. Do it. Don't give into it. When you when you start feeling those 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 emotions or whatever that the sensations the feelings, don't give into it right away. The Lord is going to say, "Give it. Get. Don't give into it. Give it to God." You know, you run to God as fast as you can. God knows it's real. I know it's real, even though I've never experienced it. I have talked to people who have, and they're not lying. They're there in that emotional situation that is so difficult. And so, again, this is not going to be easy. And it might not, you know, go away overnight. But we're, we're learning, man, as soon as these things begin to well up, of course, there's going to be preventative actions we're going to look at in just a second. But just don't give in to it. Give it to God. Run to God as fast as you can. You know, God right here tells us something rather interesting. He says, be anxious for nothing, nothing, now that's a heavy word, that's a hard word, what are you saying Lord, nothing, God says yeah nothing, there are no exceptions, you know it was kind of tough for me, right now I was on the phone, with a mom, who had a a child, she just, you know they they had the c-section, and you know I don't know, she said it's okay to share with you guys, to offer ask for prayer, but you know, I mean, there was an emergency situation. And so now their little girl, Juniper, is, is being, you know, there, there's tests. And, and so, you know, in a situation like that, you're like, well, then I can be anxious for that situation, can't I? And then right away, the Lord said, Manny shared this verse with her. Pray this verse over her. Immediately here, lift your eyes to the Lord. Right now, right now. Because it's important for us. Because God here doesn't make exceptions. He says, be anxious for nothing. That's God's word. He's not saying that we won't face epic, evil. Or, you know, mountains that we sometimes feel like we're being buried in, problems in life. He's not saying that we won't hurt. He's not saying that we can't cry. He's just saying that if and when we face those things, any of those things, doesn't matter what those things are, don't give in to anxiety because you might get swallowed up by it. Be anxious for nothing. and We'll talk about this. You might say, well, it's too hard. Paul right here, he's... He's just, you know, crazy. Well, okay, you might say Paul's crazy. God will deal with you on that. Let me ask you a question. Is Jesus crazy? Jesus isn't crazy, right? Look at, look at Matthew chapter six. Let's go there. Matthew chapter six. In verse 25. Well, if you look up at verse 24, He says, no one can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other or he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. Now, you know, in the in the Jewish idioms, they would use the word hate. And all that means is that, no, there is a priority here. And so you can't have two masters because eventually your priorities in life are going to be tested. You can't serve God and mammon. And mammon was the God, basically, materialism and money. He says you can't serve them both. And then, So then he transitions in verse 25. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? So, obviously, finances can definitely be a source of stress. Are you going to have enough money to make ends meet? Are you? Yes. Yes. You might not get the Bentley. Maybe you will. But you will have everything. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. And so the Lord here is saying, you can't serve God or mammon. Don't worry. Now it's interesting, the word worry right here in the Greek language is the same word translated anxious in Philippians chapter 4. Be anxious for nothing. Don't, Don't worry about anything. Therefore, Jesus said, I tell you, and it's a command to be obeyed. So if you worry It's a sin. The Lord here says, therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life. You know, when you look at this, uh, God says, um, don't worry about what you eat or drink or what you put on your body. You know, when you read the Bible, there's two things that God says he'll always give you food and clothing, food and clothing. You might not get the mansion, but you'll always get food and clothing. That's what God says over and over again. And you know what else he says? He says, and you shall be content with food and clothing, food and clothing. It's a really interesting thing. God will always provide for us. And so basically what he's saying right here is you can't serve money, you have to serve the Lord. And so he says, number one, don't be unfocused. You gotta focus on the Lord because what he says right here is God is going to take care of you. And then the number two, after you know, beware of being unfocused, if you worry, it's unbecoming. It's not really the, 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 the behavior of a healthy Christian. You know, what we see right here, the Lord says to, to, to notice uh, your, the birds. Look what he says. Look at, at the birds of the air. And so I'm going to give you guys a few homework assignments, okay? I'm going to give you guys a few homework assignments. Number one, sometime this week, I want you to look at the birds, have you guys ever look at him? Sometimes I look at him at the window right there and I see the little chubby one right there and I'm like, man, he looks cool and he's just eating and he's all happy and he's chirping and then, man, he just flies away and, and you know, the Lord says right here, you know, he's not sowing or reaping. He's not gathering into barns because he knows and it's interesting what Jesus says right here. He says, your heavenly father. Now, not their heavenly father. They're just the birds. You're his child. If you have children, then you're beginning to get an inkling, just a little of an inkling of how much God loves you. And so you can't be unfocused and, you know, worrying is unbecoming. The birds don't worry and neither should you. You know, and so for us, one of the things that I want you to do this week, if you would, please, is just look at the birds for a little bit. The Lord tells us to look at the birds and you'll see the way, you never see a bird, can you imagine getting his claws and I don't know what I'm gonna eat. You know, you'll never see a bird doing that. The Lord provides for them. Yeah, they gotta go get it. Yes, but it is God. And so it's, be careful being unfocused or unbecoming uh, or, you know, understanding even what Jesus says right here in verse 27. Which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? So, worrying is not only a sin because God told you, don't worry. Worrying is also unproductive. I mean, for, me, for you, for me, man, I hope that we are in a place in our life as Christians where we understand I just want to grow. I just want to grow. I want to be stronger as a man of God. I want to be wiser as a man of God. I want to be more like the Son of God. I want to be like Jesus. I want to grow. Well, worrying is the absolute antithesis to growth. Which of you, by worrying, can add you know one stature you're not going to get anything done by worrying now there's care, there's concern, there's wisdom there's decisions that need to be made, but there's a line there where I think a lot of us week we cross, and God says, "Listen, you know worrying is a sin and it's unproductive, and I know you're interested in growing." You know, you, you're going to have to give this to me. I mean, I think for most of us here, if it, hopefully it's okay to say, you know, we might worry most about our children, you know, and so, you know, we pray for them every single day of our life. We pray for them and we worry about them, I think sometimes. And the Lord has shown me, Manny, do everything you can to protect them. Do everything you can to protect them. Everything you can. To protect them. But you understand, you can't do it all. You are eventually going to have to come to a place where you trust me. Because if not, you know, you're going to be buried in worry. And so he's saying right here listen, Jesus is saying, I say to you, do not worry. And it's the same thing that Paul said over there um, don't be anxious. You know, when you worry, it's like you're, you know, the rocking chair. There's a lot of movement, but there's no progress, right? There's so much to worry about. And I've experienced it in my young life. I've I've definitely experienced this. 85% of our worries will never materialize. Did you know that? So you get all these worries, you start freaking out about about something, about, you know, whatever it might be, and you're all worried about it, you're stressing out about it, you're getting gray hairs (laughs) as a result of all that worry. Eighty-five percent of them will never materialize, but when we worry, we actually experience the same emotional pain, torment, and even torture as if it did happen. And that's why, you guys, let's give it to God. You know, the problem is, is anxiety and an anxiousness and the prohibition. God says, I love you and, uh, you, you know, you, you be, be, be not anxious. You know, Paul wrote about it. Jesus wrote about it. Peter said something similar in 1 Peter 5, 7, where it says, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Now, an interesting thing, that word casting all your care, same Greek word. Casting all your anxieties, casting all what might be worries, casting all your cares, all of them. And I love the superlatives that are used, you know, Uh, be anxious for nothing. Casting all your cares upon him. Why? Because he cares for you. And so we're going to see that God wants to bless you in such an amazing way. And he gives you a peace, man, that surpasses understanding. But if you're carrying around those burdens and you're not giving them to God, then, you know, you're you're, going to mess your life up. God doesn't want you to live that way. You know, it'd be like, and I was thinking about how, you know, you go to the grocery store. You know, for us, we might go to Sam's Club. How many of you guys, I want to take a poll here. Who likes Sam's Club and who likes Costco? I'm just curious. Sam's Club? Costco? All right, I think Costco won. I know, it was a tie. I just, no, they're kind of, have you guys noticed how some of the things they have in Sam's Club, they don't have in Costco and vice versa, they do that on purpose. You know that, right? (laughs) So anyways, you go to the store and you know, you get the boxes of stuff and you load down those heavy boxes, right? And so, you you know, it's necessary. It's a part of life. And then you go and you take those boxes in the house and you just basically put them where they belong, right? So imagine if you went and you got those boxes and you went into your house. Imagine if you just carried them throughout the whole house. You're just carrying them all day long throughout the whole house. Try that one. Okay, first, number one, look at the birds. Number two, carry the boxes. (laughs) How weird that would be. No, it doesn't belong. Those things, that's part of life. Yeah, you're going to pick it up. But those things don't belong in your hands. They belong in, in Jesus' hands. And this is how we have to live life. Casting all your cares upon him because he cares for you and he knows you. we can't do this. One person said anxiety pulls in different directions, making our head go one way and our feet another anxiety also known as worry is something that we see that typically overlooks the fact that God is loving and sovereign and he is the author of our story. I like that concept. I was talking to a man you know not that long ago whose wife left him and she doesn't want to come back you know and he's still praying and it's a very difficult situation you know, but just trying to tell him, listen, you know you're, you're, you know, you're blameless. I mean, I'm sure you're not perfect, but you know, you're seeking God. He, he's still writing your story. He's still doing something beautiful. That's why, you know, it's interesting. I gave him Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, how God had given, you know, that promise to the Jews when they were in a tough situation, when they were in Babylon, saying, even though you're over there in this tough situation, I still have a future for you. That's what God wanted to do, to write them. And and I gave him the scripture, and then, man, when I I gave him that scripture, it was almost like this, you know, it came over his whole face, His countenance changed, and he opened up his Bible, and he said, look what I just wrote in my Bible, Jeremiah 29, 11. So God still has this amazing story for us, you gotta be careful that you don't believe the lie of the enemy says it's over. No, the problem is being anxious. The prohibition is don't be anxious and you're wondering, well, how can I do that? And that's where the third point comes in and the prescription, which is simply prayer to pray. You know, it says in verse six, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God so let me ask you a question. Be anxious for nothing. nothing. Okay, you got that one. But in everything by prayer. Now the word prayer right here is an interesting word. And again, God wrote the Bible in Koine Greek for a specific reason because he could be specific with messages that he wants to give us, truth that he wants to teach us. And that word in the Greek language is uh, a word that not only means prayer generally, but it means worship. It means worship, but in everything, worship, you know? And and so God is saying, listen, I know you're going through a tough situation and the temptation is to worry, but instead of worry, what I want you to do is worship. And you're like, well, how can I worship? Well, you worship because you know he loves you and he loves your kids and he loves, you know, the people that are involved in this situation. He loves them. you worship him because he's on the throne with that love and you trust him. And so when you're there, God is saying, this is what I want you to do. Don't worry, worship. You know, I think Job is a perfect example of this. If you haven't read the book of Job, I encourage you to read it. But man, in the beginning there, think about this guy. I mean, out of all the men in the whole wide world, God singles him out and he says, "Uh, have you seen my servant Job? He's blameless, upright, fears God, shuns evil. I mean, the guy was uh, just, man, a godly man. He had seven sons, three daughters, 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 female donkeys. I mean, the guy was super rich, blessed, and he loved the Lord. I mean, he's just just living such an awesome life. But then one day, the enemy takes it all away. Imagine that. Just no more... uh, Nothing, the, of course, the most important thing being all my kids died. And so, of course, you're thinking, well, that's an exception, man. You're right. At that point, you can worry. At that point, you can, you're permitted to be anxious, aren't you? I mean, all I know is that Job, it says in Job chapter one, verse 20, that he arose, he tore his robe, shaved his head, fell to the ground and worshiped and worshiped. I hate to say this. It it breaks my heart to say this. Some of you have been there. Some of you will be there one day where just the tragedy hits. And here God tells us exactly what to do. It's okay to cry. It's okay to tear your clothes. It's okay to hit the ground. But when you hit the ground worship worship and he said and he he knows the truth naked i came from my mother's womb and naked shall i return there the lord gave and the lord has taken away blessed be the name of the lord and in all this he didn't sin with his lips He didn't curse God. He had some hard times. And you go through the book of Job and yeah, it was difficult for him, but he never lost his faith. He worshiped. And this is what God is saying, that when you're there, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer, and that is worship. And then he mentions other aspects of prayer, a supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. You know, I think that, like I said earlier, when you're in a situation, you want to just run to God as fast as you can. But I think there is an aspect of preventative measures here. What Paul is saying is that Christians, Christians, you need to live a life of prayer. You need to live a life of prayer. You know, I remember my brother, he told me about his grandparents, and I I learned from them. Well, every time they would wake up in the morning, they would just lift up their hands before they even got out of bed and they began to pray, just uh, right there in the very, very beginning. I want to encourage you, try it. Number one, homework for this week, look at the birds. Number two, carry the grocery boxes around the house. <laughs> and then number three, when you wake up in the morning, try it, try it. The f- let's talk about f- Talk about seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness because one of the things I I learned is that did you guys notice that when you're sleeping Satan is thinking like how can I get them right right out the gate and you wake up in the morning with some crazy weird thought about how you messed up the day before and you're like yeah that's right huh Devil, yeah, that's right. You know, he's putting those thoughts in there, or putting those fears in there. Oh, this might happen because you blew it yesterday, and it's just right away there's a battle right away. So, you know, you don't want to be anxious, you don't want to be worried, you want to be, you know, uh, there. And so right away, let's do this. So you wake up in the morning, lift up your hands, and then maybe even another. And these are, this is counsel that people gave to me that I believe, you may think it's superficial, but I believe it's very, very practical. One person said, when you wake up in the morning, you, know, you can do that, but then you roll out of your bed, because you guys know how we roll out of our bed, right? Roll out of your bed and just get on your knees. You know, because usually, what's the first thing that you do? Come on, be honest. Where's my phone? Right? Oh yeah. Well, it's because I need to know what time it is, and uh, I need the lights. And hey, yeah, I've been there. I made those excuses. Man, but try it. Try waking up and not getting your phone, bro. Try that. And then going, you so you you're lifting up your hands. You're rolling out of bed. You get on your knees, and you're praying because this is really what what God says is going to be preventing you from those situations. You know, the the, the he uses so many words right here. Prayer, which is worship, supplication, which is when you're, you know, you're, you're talking to God and hey, I need you. I need you, God. So supply grace, if you would. Supply wisdom, if you would. Lord, my family needs you. Surround my wife with protection. Surround my children. Lord, surround your church. You know, Lord, and, and you're asking, you know, there's the petitions, there's the confessions. You know, isn't it cool how the Bible says in 1 John one nine that if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness? You know, yesterday we were, I was talking to different individuals, and one of the things that the Holy Spirit began to emphasize is there's a lot of people here who are living in guilt, and yet they're Christians. And so what can happen a lot of times, and, I, and I'm just sorry, I've got to say this, this guy was telling me that the reason he kept relapsing, going back and back and back and back over and over again, was because he could not accept the forgiveness of God in his life. Because a lot of times people like us, people who are holier than now, or Pharisees, were like, Well, that the reason they keep going back to their sin is because they just love their sin and you know they just keep and no, he was just saying the the moment that I understood that 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 my sins, all of my sins were nailed to the cross. One person went up to him and said, let me ask you a question. Here's this guy feeling all this guilt and all this condemnation because of the way that he'd blown it in life. And what that does is that paralyzes you because you need to run through the fields of forgiveness, right? And so there he is and you know he's he's talking to me and he's saying, one day someone told me and asked me this question, which one of your sins did Jesus not die for? He died for all of them. So what that means is you're forgiven in Christ. What do you do with that? God, you love me that much. You love him back. It sets you free. You're there and you're praying and there's the worship and there's a supplication and there's a petition And there's the intercession and then there's the confession. But you want to know what else is so beautiful about prayer? I've added a word. You're not going to find this in a prayer book, but I've made it up. Conversation. Sometimes I go and I pray and I get on my knees and I just, there, always crying. You guys know how I am. And then sometimes I pull up a seat and I just put a chair there. And it's talk to God. You can talk to God about anything. Did you know that? I'm like, Lord, I don't understand what happened to the Dodgers, Lord. (laughs) The whole season, they have me like thinking, this is it. (laughs) Lord, what happened? You know, and you can talk to God Should I wash the car today? Lord, what do you think? I mean, you name it. Isn't it cool that you can talk to God about anything? And I I believe that as you're you're cultivating that prayer life, and yeah, supplication, intercession, confession, all those types of things, even conversation, that, you know, to me, that's going to be the key to being free from anxiety. The prayer life. That's what Paul is saying right here. You know we can pray um without ceasing, the Bible says in first thessalonians five seventeen and so all day long isn't it so cool? We have the connection psalm fifty five seventeen says evening, morning, and noon, I will pray and cry aloud, and he shall hear my voice, you know, and so you're always praying, and then there are those times of prayer where God will lay on your heart. Now, we're not Muslims. Muslims say you have to pray five times a day. Neither are we Jews. Jews say you have to pray three times a day. No, we're not like that. It's a personal thing between you and God. But I do believe that as he shows you different specifics, that you should follow through with them and you'll be blessed, right? And so even Jesus, it says in Mark 135, now in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight, I like that, he went out and departed to a solitary place, and there he prayed. I will tell you this. One of the most important things about prayer is to try your best to do it in a place, in a time where no one can interrupt you. And I don't want to sound legalistic, but you know, you got to be careful with the phones. You know, you got to wake up early. You got to have those times. You know, right here he mentions all this, a part of prayer thanksgiving even when you're there he hears and he will always answer and you're just already thank you lord thank you lord for hearing my cries thank you lord and you know the the requests it's interesting because we have to take these words seriously be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be made known to god and you might wonder well doesn't god already know Doesn't God already know what he need? Does God already know what you need? Then why are you supposed to let your requests be made known to God? You want to know why? Because he wants to talk to you. (laughs) That's how much he loves you. And So you let your requests be made known to God, not your demands. That doesn't say that, right? Let your demands be known to God, not your temper tantrums. You know, not your name it and claim it. Yeah, that's how I do it. No, your requests. Knowing and trusting, believing requests because you want his will. Your father knows best. You know that and you just trust him. Most of prayer, and I'm learning this more and more, is not me getting my will. It's me cooperating with God to discover his will and accomplish his purposes on planet earth. And then when I'm there and I'm praying, And fallen in love. How did you fall in love with your girlfriend or whatever when they were your girlfriend at the time? How did you do that? By talking to them. This is what happens, and this is why prayer is so important. And when you're praying and you're giving your God your requests, if you think about it, God can either say yes, no, or wait, right? And so if God says yes, then That's kind of like a go. That's kind of cool. If God says wait, then you got to maybe do a slow. And then if God says no, then you got to grow. Right? That's what Paul was in the situation. Lord, um, take away this thorn in the flesh. Uh, This messenger of Satan was buffeting him. And he prayed three times, and God says no. No, my grace is sufficient because my strength is made perfect in weakness. And so Paul said, then I'll glory in my weakness because when I'm weak, then I'm strong. And what God wanted to do in Paul's life was to keep him usable because more important than what you want or what I want in my life is God, use my life. Use my life. And so sometimes God will say no. And it's there where Hopefully we grow. You know, so it's cool to see verse six, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. And here's the 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 promise. The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And so the problem is being anxious. The prohibition is don't be anxious. The prescription is prayer. And then the promise is peace. You know, just in case, you guys—if you're here and you're not a Christian, you don't know if you're a Christian. You don't know if you go to heaven. If something were to happen to you, like let's say this roof had all collapsed right now and everybody died—not to freak you out, but you know that could happen, right? <laughs> it's probably not going to happen, but um. If you don't have like that beautiful simple peace, hey man, I know I'm going to heaven. If you don't have that, then God wants to give you that today. Jesus died on the cross, he rose again. All you have to do is believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved. He'll write your name in the book of life and you'll be forgiven of all your sins cuz Jesus paid the price for you. It's a gift. So you make peace with God when you get saved. But this peace of God, that's different. That's beautiful. That's something that I think, unfortunately, a lot of Christians don't have. Can I ask you a question? Do you have that peace? Do you have that? I mean, if not, I'm not here to judge you. I'm here to just say, The Lord is here to give you peace. He loves you. Uh, Jesus, I can't even begin to imagine what it was like for him, the spiritual warfare that he went through. The Bible says he was a man acquainted with sorrows. I mean, just the busyness of his life, all the things that bombarded him. But I can't picture him not having peace. Like he's just going through his day, even though there's a million things going on, he, he's got this peace. And that's, as we close today, is something that he wants to give to you. So again, you don't have to answer out loud. It doesn't matter who you are, though. I want to ask you that question. Do you have that Peace that surpasses understanding. This peace that he's talking about right here is not something that you're gonna be able to say, oh, okay, I, not, I understand that situation now. You know, A, B, C, D, it all connects together and you know, you have it all figured out. No, we still got a whole bunch of questions. Why did I have to go through that in my life, Lord? Why did this take place? Why is this going on? We don't know. We may never know. All we know is God will work it together for good. And so you have this This peace that surpasses understanding that guards your heart and mind. And and I think the way that it works, first of all, is it guards your mind from those lies getting into your mind because you trust God because when they get into your mind, it can get into your heart. And that's fatal. So do you have that peace? If not, today I pray you get up out of your seat and you let somebody pray for you. You're not going to them. We're just men. But you're going to God. Because I believe with all my heart that that's what He wants to give you. You know, I love the promise Jesus said in John 14, 27. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives, do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled neither let it be afraid well how can i do that lord how can i let not my heart be troubled how can i stop being afraid he says i want to give you peace will you will you take it well how do you get it we read about it right here through prayer through prayer and so we have to pray Remember that song? What a friend we have in Jesus, all our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. And so I just pray today, you know, you bring in those boxes. I know it's a little heavy but you put them where they belong. God has an amazing future for your life. I know you're wondering, what is it, Lord? You might even be worrying. What is it? Lord? But God says, hey, it's, it's good, but you gotta come to it. You gotta take that step of faith. Let's pray.